0: Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to Role Models, juicy conversations with beautiful humans. I'm Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement and your host. Today, we're going to talk about self-esteem. To kick things off, I'm delighted to introduce you to my special guest
1: from the Royal Order of Cappadocia. This is Dame Clarissa (laughs) Birk. Yes, hello. Well, it's lovely. (laughs) Yes, I've just recently been knighted, which is very sweet of you to mention. And that was about a month ago up in Las Vegas at the Venetian, and, and it, was a, it was a real honor to be knighted and to become a part of such an important organization that does help women and children immensely all over the world. So more wow. importantly is, is the mission than the title.
0: For sure. For sure. Now, Clarissa, I have to start off by saying that you are the consummate multi-hyphenate human being. (laughs) You are the founder and the CEO of In the Limelight Media. You're a media personality, producer, director, writer, author, public speaker, former supermodel, winner of the Celebrity Survivor Show. Is that right?
1: Yeah, We squeezed that in there too. <laughs> wow.
0: Wow. What a repertoire you have. And so I would love to just dive right in and talk to you about self-esteem. Why did this become such an important topic for you? Because
1: I like, saw, well, you know, as even as a young girl, I was able to start seeing a, a trend, if you will. And, and it kind of bothered me that I perceive well, my perception of so many people, especially women, was so completely different than how they were you know, perceiving and living their lives. And it started kind of with my mom. And so, mom was, oh, don't take my picture. I come out horribly in pictures. And she always thought she had to lose weight. She didn't. She was a gorgeous woman. And my grandmother, again, beautiful woman, I need to lose weight. I need, you don't need to lose weight. She was perfect the way she was. Believe me when I tell you, not announced, did she need to lose? Takes two diet pills one day she chokes on them perforates her esophagus winds up in the hospital for 6 weeks and I'm like well, that was kind of silly. <laughs> you know that was kind of silly. And you know and then we you know as I was growing up especially during you know my modeling years you know I'm a, really I mean I am in the 1% of the women of the you know the top models and supermodels around the world in the 80s and some of the most beautiful creatures you'd ever want to see and I you know it's evident that some of them had issues, whether it be toxic relationships or drug and alcohol abuse, or maybe, you know, anorexia, binging, we didn't know about a lot about it back then, but enough to know that, you know, they were having some difficulties and that maybe a little bit, you know, more some happy, healthy self-esteem might've helped that. Certainly we all have backgrounds and, you know, we never really knew back then. We didn't talk about it that much, especially in the eighties. Like what was your background? What kind of household did you have? And you never knew if a girl had been sexually abused. So, you know, trafficking wasn't even a word yet, you know? I mean, So these are the kinds of gals that, again, some of them that I took a look at and And wanted to, you know, kind of like, wow, she looks like she's got everything going for her. Why is she doing X, Y, and Z? So a common denominator became self-esteem or the lack thereof. And I just, it bothered me. So I just wanted to (laughs) kind of shake everybody and go, can't you see how amazing you are? And, you know, and so I wanted to become cheerleader, if you will. I wanted to be the rah-rah session for women that are not seeing themselves, not perceiving themselves, that are not living their fullest potential and that's where the book really, that's where it starts.
0: Mm. Now, you did just mention your book, which I would love for you to share a little bit about, because this is a best-selling book called The Self-Esteem Regime. So can you tell us a little bit of the highlights of what's inside the book and what people
1: can expect? I can. I can. So first of all, when I got the book, and you can see there's three different colors of blue there. Yeah. So the, these three, they were it was orange, pink, and yellow. So obviously, it was really for a feminine eye. And I sent it back to them and, and I said, would you mind just doing it in three different iterations of blue? Because I also wanted to include men. Let's not forget that it's not just women that have, or even girls that have these issues. Certainly men are right there with us. They are partners along the way. In this thing we call life and they have as many issues as we do, and they should be addressed. So I wanted to catch the male eye with this book as well. And it is also, it was co-written by Gary Krebs. So, you know, we kind of partnered up. Great, great, by the way, great literary agent. You know, with that having been said, the book starts with release. So the idea of, you know, the things we know we have to let go of, the things we have to unlearn, what have we learned in the naval tribe, what exactly did serve us? What didn't serve us? And do we have the courage to move forward? Because as we do and we start stepping into our own truth, we're going to inevitably hurt some feelings. Some people are going to be offended. Some people are going to get their nose out of joint. Some people are going to know why. <laughs> and you know, these are the kind I often say just love them where they're at. Don't make an issue of it. Don't try to, you know, don't try to get too deep into explanations. Only explain yourself, but love everyone where they're at. The next step obviously is faith. So you've got your family faith. What if, if you are a believer in any faith, what is in the faith that worked for you? What was in your truth? And was there anything that they weren't teaching you that maybe just didn't resonate so well? And I'm not saying go against the good books. I'm just saying what resonated, what serves, what can you take on, and, and what can you embellish upon? Friends, you know, your friends as well. There's certainly, there's, there's a, a type of indoctrination, if you will, in your friendship site circles, and certainly with your educative process. So your colleges, your universities, what is it you, re- you learned there? What is it, you know, again, with friends and your peer groups? What is it that worked and what didn't? This is where you start forming and you start your path and you, as you're leaving home, as you're leaving colleges and you're going out into the world on your own on your own but so you know i really wanted the book to be able to speak to all different ages certainly men and women and to be able to address the problems um, that self-esteem uh bring and what is it we can do to better ourselves along the way what kind of work do we have to do
0: yeah, I love that. And I am so curious, like when somebody is feeling low self-esteem, it can manifest in certain ways. And some people that it can clam up and be very shy and fearful and just like nervous or, or feel ashamed of, of themselves and not present themselves. But, and then on the other flip side, as you mentioned, I mean, supermodels, a lot of them have low self-esteem. It's like how in the world, like it doesn't it seem to make sense on the surface, but I can imagine that a lot of the people that you were with had these issues and they just never felt good enough. And it's because of the messages that, they you know, you need to lose five pounds or you've got a zit or, you know, always pointing out the negative right. rather than enhancing on the positive. And so there are certainly a lot of people who seem like they're in these positions of power or seem that like they have it all and they are crippled inside, like yes. really paralyzed inside. And it's just such a fascinating phenomenon. And it happens for so many reasons.
1: It is. It happens for so many reasons and it is fascinating. And obviously everybody's path is different as, you know, yeah. as individual as we all are. But we, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, one of the first things we do and we catch ourselves is, you know, really catch, first of all, self-esteem 101, never compare yourself to anyone else. And I say this all the way and people go, ah, now, nah, whatever. Uh, but yeah, but no, but wait. You probably do that, and you probably do it more frequently than oh. you admit. And certainly, have social content. and social media hasn't helped us at all. Mm-hmm. And you know, I offer that you know you are so lucky because you get to be you. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to be you. You get to create the life that you want to go. Forget Susie Q, and you know, and Johnny O'Toole. It doesn't matter what you know. Let them be them. Let them have their own paths. You do you. You know, you do what is important to you. What is your truth? And, you know, I will often say this, and that is that no matter divine universe source, whatever you want to call it it doesn't matter whatever you decide works for you knew exactly what they were doing when they created you, you are in no position to be second guessing your creator, no matter who you think that is, you aren't really you're not in a position because they are the all knowing they know so much more than we will ever know. And so at that point, I would say, sit back, relax take it all in, be the best person you can possibly be uh, for yourself and for others. And if you can do that, I think you've got self-esteem, you know, in the bag.
0: Yeah, those are great first steps. Are there other steps that you have in your regimen of helping to build
1: people's self-esteem up? Yeah, one of the first things that build, you know, we release, we let go of what, what is, you know, we've been taught all of that. The last chapter that I really love a lot, and I bring in a personal note to that, is reciprocity. So reciprocal is the last chapter it is also you know a law it's one of the universal laws of reciprocity and you know I'm one of those kind of people like a lot of us women especially we do 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 and go 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 and we're always taken care of and ah everybody else comes first and all the rest of that stuff and one day I remember saying god dang it if I could just get somebody to help me every once in a while that you know something along those lines that I was probably being a real jerk saying but I said it anyway and and the person in the room with me said you know Clarissa it's really hard to give to you People would like to, they want to, but, you know, from the outside for us, it looks like you have it all, you do it all, you know it all, you be it all, like you are so capable. And so, and I stopped and I thought about that for a second. And I thought about how many times now, if someone gives me a compliment, certainly I know how to accept that with, you know, ease, joy, and glory. But many other times, if there was somebody that wanted to do something, maybe I didn't capture that in the moment, or I didn't see it as such. So take some deep breaths and realize that people around you deserve to give to you and you deserve to receive from them and vice versa.
0: Mm, that's so key. What do you think that the ultimate goal is in terms of what do you feel when you feel like you've got like, oh, I'm nailing self-esteem. Does anybody nail it? <laughs> but like, well, what's that <laughs> essence of like knowing like, hey, I've got pretty healthy self-esteem.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you work on your self-esteem, you build your self-esteem, you want to hold on to happy, healthy self-esteem and you want to continue that because I say that because there's not a, a self-esteem at the test that you take, you know, you take it, you get a hundred on and you're good for life. It doesn't work that way. I wish it did, but it doesn't. So life being life is going to do what life does. And that is trigger you somewhere along the line. Something's going to go awry. It's going to go wrong. It's going to go sideways. It's going to be a relationship. It's going to be a car accident, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, bumper. Accident. I don't wish, you know, obviously anything bad on anyone, but that's life, isn't it? You never know what kind of day you're going to have when you wake up in the morning. So, as the storms are brewing and the tornado is coming through, and, you know, all of these things are happening, you want to make sure that you're standing, you have the tools and the resources that keep you standing strong in your stead. And that means to be well rooted so that when the storm comes through, maybe you'll lose a leaf or two. You could even lose a branch, but you will not be uprooted and transported away with the storm, Mm. right? You'll have those tools in the shed. And and again, all personal, my book is a great book, but personal growth section in Barnes and Noble, I have lived in the personal growth and self-help section my entire life. I never read a biography, a fiction, a science fiction. I never read anything else, but self-esteem or self-help or self-awareness and self-confidence kind of books. And so this is really a, a great compilation of those of my life, because I, a life experiences. And also we have different case studies or 12 different case studies of different women in here. We've got the Clarion Call, Clarissa's Corner. There are affirmations, there's homework, there's review. There's all kinds of things that when you read this book now, Jennifer, you're going to get something out of it the first time, right? You're definitely going to get a lot out of it.
0: Yeah. If you do crazy.
1: the work and if you do the work and I add, you will do the work. It's going to be uncomfortable and you need courage. You must bring courage to the table to be able to, to do the work. And I'm not trying to scare anyone off. I'm trying to bring you in and say, think of how exciting this work. I want to call it a playbook. Let's call it a playbook. It's a workbook playbook, but the idea that you're going to be able to be such a, A bigger, better, bolder and brighter person on the other side of this book is so exciting to me. I've had people say to me, Chris, this book has changed my life, you know, and that's extraordinary to me that I just couldn't have asked for anything greater. And then you'll read the book again in six, seven months and you'll get something completely different out of it because you weren't ready for that message today. You're going to be ready. The universe knows, source knows, divine knows, God knows, Buddha knows, whatever you decide works for you. They know when you're ready for the message, but you have to start putting the work in to get the process started. Exactly. I liken it to just like thinking
0: of it as fun, thinking of it as something new, something new to learn. And practice. It's not that you can ever really get it wrong. It's just like every single day you learn, you adopt, and assimilate something, you try it on like a new pair of shoes and see how it fits and really kind of step into small bits of improvement every single day so that you are a better person tomorrow than you were yesterday. Absolutely. And that's all that life really is. It's really, you know, sometimes, you know, Jennifer, it's the smallest things.
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes it's remind, reminding yourself to drink this extra two glasses of water, you know, that you're supposed to be doing for a day because that's what, you know, your diet says you're supposed to do. The little things that you're taking care of, your health, because the four pillars are look good, feel good, be good, and greater good, right? So looking good, we know when we look good. We know what that means. It's subjective. And when we're looking good, we have a little extra lilt in our step. You know, we affront our day differently. We're able to, you know, get on stage with more confidence and that's what brings confidence. A look good, feel good is diet, exercise, and nutrition. And so you know that it all works as one. We've got to keep that body you know, tip-top shape, especially entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, because if you go down, it all goes down. Yeah. If you drop, it all tumbles down on, on top of you. And there's a Forbes article that came out. It says that entrepreneurs, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs are more apt to have depression than those that work in companies or at corporate. So, you must, must, must be taking care of your head and your body. What could feel good? Be good is, you know, your finances, your relationships, your what else, what you're reading, what you're listening to. The be good part of where is it that you are really being good? Are you remembering silly things, somebody's birthday, you know, uh, to bring a gift along for whatever, you know, being really good, being present wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And then greater good is nothing more than paying it forward, you know, giving back, tithing, volunteering, there's nothing that will make you feel better. It's like self-esteem, you know, speed, you know, like right away is when you are doing something good for somebody else. We all know that. So the idea that you're doing something good for somebody else makes you feel pretty darn good because you saw how good it made them feel.
0: Exactly, exactly. I know at the very beginning, you were saying like rule number one, don't compare, which is an extremely, extremely difficult thing to do, especially when you do have other media, which is intended to be absorbed and to be infiltrative. How much of this do you think is the responsibility of society
1: or media or advertisers or what have you versus individuals? Yeah, it's not going to change. I don't think that's going to change. I think what will change and should change is how you're perceiving it. It's all perception. You know, life will only throw at you what you can handle and you're only going to accept what you know you can handle. You know, The rest of it, you need to let go of. You're not going to, be, you know, there are going to be people that are going to have more than us and less than us. It's kind of one of those you know, realities of life and, you know, the wanting to be like somebody else, just be you, you know, like really one of you, you can have mentors. That's wonderful. And certainly people that you emulate. I think that's fine. I love, you know, I would love to have been Oprah and have had her, her cachet, you know, her impact on the world. I'm working on it in my own way. And I think I'm doing just fine, but I'm not on Oprah's path. She's got a completely different path. And, and, you know, I've got a multimedia platform just like she does, but it's different and it's okay. And I'm still proud of the work that I do and how I especially, you know, help many women. I've got a mastermind and I, you know, we've got a mastermind is 12 sessions and the book is 12 chapters and we've merged the two. So whereas before it was a business mastermind, now it's a business and personal mastermind. And there are very few masterminds that do that where they'll take the time to say, you know, we've had a couple of women come in, Jennifer, and they'll say, girls, I need a little extra prayer this week because my son tried to commit suicide. Or one gal came and said, we've just discovered that my husband has stage four prostate cancer or, you know, these are the kinds of things that normally at business functions or in business masterminds, you don't bring to the table. You don't bring that to the fore. Whereas here in my mastermind, we, you know, we rally around you. We call you afterwards. We make sure you're getting support during the, you know, the, the entire time. And it's a different kind of vibe. It's a different kind of feeling. And this is what I, you know, you had said before about heartfelt and, you know, living, you know, with a service kind of heart. It's not, talk, (laughs) it's do. And so, yeah, that's what we love doing around here. Yeah. I love
0: the idea of finding cues. It's like, if you are self-aware enough to be able to notice how you are feeling. So if you see somebody that, you know, perhaps the tendency being to compare, but if you see somebody and your initial reaction is jealousy or resentment, then you know that there's work to do. If your initial reaction is, gosh, that is so inspiring. I love that. You know, that's something that I want to see what I, you know, how much of that I can call my own and help me in my own progress towards what I want to see and be and manifest in my own life, yeah.
1: then, yeah, we're getting somewhere, right? Well, it's the vibration, isn't it? It's very know, yeah. Jealousy is at a very low vibrational oh. energy. So when you're doing something good for you, and when you're starting to do, you know, really good things for everyone else, for the community, for those around you, you start. And you say, "What do they say? What's this about the you know the, uh, rising tides raise all ships raise or it. something along those lines?" So you know, this is, and the more you do that, the more you know, the more benevolence you attract. Mm -hmm. so you know there's nothing that she's doing that you can't do you can do it differently you can do it better you know you can either give up or you can give it all you got Mm -hmm. right there's only a few different ways you can go but why not you know why not try the different ways because you don't want to be her you haven't been in her shoes you haven't walked a mile in them and you don't know what the true story is So, you know, if we can all just be happy for one another and really support one another, really, truly support one another. Uh, Here's another thing that I love to say, and that is loyalty is when you have my back behind my back. Mm -hmm. So if you're at the water cooler and everybody's trashing Susie Q, are you going to become, you know, part of that, you know, the frenzy, the tribal frenzy and jump pile on that? Or are you going to say, you know what, gals, I know Susie Q and who you're describing is not how I know her. You know, and walk away. And will that emarginate you from the crowd? Okay. But, you know, there's something else that I coined, and it's called I want to live high. Mm -hmm. And that is, I want to live in honor. I want to live in integrity. I want to live in honesty. And I want to live in, sorry, in gratitude and honesty. I screwed that up. So, honesty, integrity, gratitude, and honor. There you go. You know, the acronym is high. And if you can live in radical honesty with yourself and with others, if you can live in integrity, which means who are you when no one else is in the room? If you live in gratitude, and I mean, really gratitude, you know, I mean, you have a crappy day. Okay. You know, rant, bitch, moan, complain, got it. But you know, what are the five top things? I've got a roof over my head. I got food in the pantry. I've got people that love me. I've got my health and I've got, you know, great friends. I mean, boom. I mean, most people in the world would be happy with just those five. I could go on with another 20 things that I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all need to stay mindful and what that really helps the vibrational levels stay high at a higher level. And then it with honor. I want to be a woman that lives with honor all the time. And that means honoring myself and honoring you. And, you know, we all miss the mark. We are not perfect. If you can aspire to that, mm-hmm. then there's 80% of the self-esteem game right there. And you also talk about the power or the benefit of
0: support groups. And so surrounding yourself with people who are going to live in that high place with you and each other, like just supporting, lifting each other up on their journeys
1: is a very special thing. Well, we don't get to choose our family and not that, you know, a lot of people have phenomenal families and that's a wonderful thing. Other people are not so lucky. You know, they don't have support systems that they can turn around to or go back to or call up every day. They don't have that. So you get to choose your own, make your own, find your own. And then, you know, I think I've already talked about the 12th chapter being reciprocity. And that is give and take. So when you find that group, when you find that, and you might only find people five in a lifetime. Because, as you know, you've heard it before, some people come in for a reason, others a season and others a lifetime. Those are the people that you really want to nurture. Always, everyone, you want to nurture everyone all the time, but the ones that are your ride or dies, the ones that are the three o'clock in the morning phone calls, you know, no questions asked. I mean, no questions asked. You jump in a car and you go if somebody needs you. I don't mean you're helping very dead bodies. I mean, you know, you're, there's a legitimate reason. <laughs> but the people that, you know, the people that, you know, you can count on and that they can count on you are the people that you will be acquiring during your lifetime mm mm-hmm.
0: And that really gets to the point of unconditional friendship or unconditional love because there's a lot of people that you'll recognize it when they say they'll be there for you. They're not necessarily there for you. They might not be the ones that you would consider in your support circle.
1: Right. Yeah. And you know, again, you don't want to cut everybody out because you'd be one lonely world if you know we're <laughs> waiting for everybody around us to be so perfect. But you know, you want to get to a point where you are no longer triggered. Because you are, again, standing so strong in your stead with your tools and your resources and your happy, healthy self-esteem that you can still interact with all of these people, but you're going to learn how to love them where they're at. Mm-hmm. Knowing that they're on a different path, knowing that your vibrational energy might be you know, higher than theirs. Give them a moment, give them the time, give them the, you know, let them do their work and maybe, you know, tend to hand sometimes, you know, like maybe you can help pull them up. I know that I've been pulled up. So, you know, we're we're constantly again reciprocating, giving and taking.
0: Yeah, yeah. You talk about mirror therapy. Can you tell me a little bit about well, what your practice is and how you would advise other
1: people to yeah, practice mirror therapy? Sure. Absolutely. Well, mirror therapy is nothing that I invented. The first I'd heard about it was Marie Louise Hayes. Her works came out with mirror therapy. It might've been done before it could have been done. I think it was even Neville Goddard that started with mirror therapy and Jack Canfield has used it. Many different people have used mirror therapy. And that is when you talk to it looks weird. It feels weird. It sounds weird. You'll get used to it, but bring tissues because you're going to be able to talk to yourself the way with love, with ease, with joy, with glory and telling yourself. And when you look at yourself and you say these things, it's gone right into your soul. I mean, you cannot sidestep this. And when you're saying to yourself, I love you, you're phenomenal, you're spectacular, you are so smart, you are so kind, you are so good, you are so giving. And then you say to yourself, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the time that I let you down. I'm sorry for the time that I didn't stand up for you. I'm sorry for the time that I didn't defend you. I'm sorry for the hurt that I've caused you. You start to have these kinds of conversations with yourself. You know, again, it feels weird. It it really does. But if you can stand there and say, I love you. God, I just love you. You are one spectacular human being. I love people to tell me that. I think that's really nice when they do. And it just makes me feel all warm all over. And I try to do that as much as I can with others. But there's nothing wrong. In fact, absolutely nothing wrong with you telling yourself. And that's what I invite everyone to do. That's so fascinating
0: because I think that a lot of people can't get over that hurdle of feeling like a narcissist when they do something
1: like that. Is, are, <laughs> narcissism, narcissism and healthy self-esteem are two different things. Narcissism is the lack of self-esteem, first mm-hmm. of all. And it's, it's a false sense of self. Okay? Happy, healthy self-esteem is the complete opposite. So it's okay to love yourself. You should be loving yourself. You should be loving yourself more than you love anybody else. Because just like they say on the plane, put your oxygen mask on first and then think of everyone else. And um, I think you should be madly in love with yourself. Here's another one that I love to leave everybody with, Jennifer, and that is, I am enough. I am enough. You are enough. We are enough. Everybody's enough. And when you look up the definition of enough, it says only as much as is required. And you think about that for a second. And you think about when you're talking to your subconscious, when you think about what you're telling your subconscious, right? And you say, I'm enough. Well, God, that kind of falls a little flat. But when you say to yourself, I am so much more than enough. Oh, man, my so much more than enough. It has a different vibe. It's a different ring. It's a whole different you know, level. Mm -hmm. It's such a huge way. You just elevate yourself to a whole different level when you say, I am so much more than enough because enough is what's enough. It's not enough. Absolutely.
0: I'd love to shift gears for a moment because certainly you've been able to have quite a lot of accomplishments over the course of your career and you've started your own company. And I think that a lot of people get a lot of inspiration from women who have, found a certain level of success and have been able to find fulfillment in what they do. Can you tell us about your journey?
1: I was on every major runway in the world. Every, I mean, you name the designer, I was on their runway. And that was really an exciting time. And I came home with about 250 magazine covers. I had my own counter at Bloomingdale's for a very, for about 10 years, because I, I was the face for Orlane Cosmetics, which was a French, you know, uh company. And so my modeling career was amazing. It was really, really great. But again, it was, I didn't think I could, but I tried and I did. And then, you know, I screwed it up. <laughs> you know, I wasn't ready. And so I took a step back, gathered myself, took a deep breath, tried it again. And it really went well the second time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I guess the, you know, the message there in self-esteem is it's okay if it doesn't, you know, fail. There's another lovely acronym that I absolutely love. And that is fail is your first attempt in learning. So it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. Failing just means you're that much closer, say, do it all the time and don't, you know, make a habit of it. But if you can, you know, know that failure is normal, it's going to happen. And at time you do fail, you're that much closer to the end goal, which is success. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: And then later on, you got into media.
1: Yeah, I did. So I started, well, I was Mary Poppins in the kindergarten play. And, you know, I was told that I was vaccinated with a phonograph needle. So I guess I was the talker way back when. I knew when I was Mary Poppins in the kindergarten play, and I sang supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And I got, I have pictures of that too. And I got my first applause. I was hooked. Oh my God, I was hooked. I knew that I was going to be on stage in some way, shape or form for the rest of my life where there was a stage and a microphone. That's where I wanted to be. And, you know, it took a little bit longer. It didn't take, I didn't really start, start until about 30, 31 on Italian television. Mm -hmm. But ever since then, you know, I lived in Italy for 30 years. So um, I did, I worked on television there, but it was, oh, it's been a microphone in some way, shape or form, you know, so it's, I'm also with that. So the communicative process, you know, for me, all communications, and then being really passionate about the position and condition of women around the world. And then, you know, so you know, ergo the book, um, self-esteem, wanting to see women, you know, believe in themselves, up their game, you know, pick themselves up, dust themselves off, never look back. And, you know, if it hurts, it isn't love. I'll throw that in there too. And that's because I also collaborate with domesticshelters.org. So women that are in abusive situations need to, as I said, get up, move on and never look back. And there's plenty of help out here for you. And I know it's hard and I know it's scary and there's all kinds of help out here. If you look for it and you want to get out of that situation, it's there.
0: I think that that's so fascinating too. And it ties in so perfectly to self-esteem because I think that there's a lot of relationships which are built upon codependency and then they become toxicity. Yeah. And then you lose yourself because you feel that you can't be yourself without that other person, but you're not yourself with that person. Exactly. That person oh, that's a
1: perfectly, well, that's beautifully said. Perfectly said. You're not yourself with that person. That is so right. That is so true. Good on you. Well, I'm going to have to use that. I like that. <laughs> but it's, yeah, and absolutely right. This is my mission. This is my movement. And that is to make sure women everywhere, and there are women all over the world doing this kind of work. And I don't think there are enough of us and I, there should be many more of us. And that is to really, really be lighting each other's candle and adjusting each other's crowns. You know, if it gets a little crooked, you know, you you just, you're there, you're just there for them. And that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm also creating with the women's global event. So I'll make sure you know about that too. And all your listeners. Well, Dame Clarissa
0: Burt, your crown is shining brightly, my friend. Thank you. It is. And I thank you so much for the work that you're doing, for the book that you wrote, for coming on this podcast and all the things, all the things. Thank you very much for being a beautiful human.
1: Thank you, love. Thanks.